IDP Army Podcast Network. It is great to be with you folks. I am first off the top. Sorry that I haven't been on in a couple weeks. I know. Uh, we went to the Senior Bowl. We did a Senior Bowl recap on the IDP Army channel, and then I just kind of ghosted for a little bit. But you know what? We're back. We're better than ever. Uh, we're here to talk the NFL Combine. It is coming up this weekend. So, you know, got a, a couple questions here. We kind of did this last year, same same format. We're going to have five questions, and we're going to talk about the five biggest questions I personally have going into the NFL Combine. Um, I'm kind of excited for it this year. I'm not going to lie. It's going to be a great year. So, without further ado, let's tailgate. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Dynasty Tailgate Podcast. I am so happy that you are tuned in today. We have the Combine coming up. Draft season is flying this is our first real chance to see all of the prospects together all in one place we have the senior bowl we have the shrine bowl we have you know these different days we haven't gotten to pro days yet so this will be our first chance to really see all these guys out there and performing together and i cannot be more excited about it um we've had a couple you know of small things that are going to you know kind of affect the overall um Combine, uh, Jail Skinner, he was at the Senior Bowl. He tore his pec. Um, says, you know, it's an issue that he's going to have to get over, I think, before we get to it. But um, we also, <clears throat> and I'll get to this in a second, but B. John Robinson's actually going to compete, which is very exciting. Or not compete, but, like, he's going to, you know, show his stuff at the Combine, which is pretty darn cool because you don't normally see that. So, Without further ado, let's just get to question one. The first question I have going into this combine, and I think it's going to be one of the biggest questions that NFL teams also have going into the combine, what size is Bryce Young? You know, uh, his weight right now is, you know, purported to be about 176. Um, Everybody and their brother, including Bryce Young, including everyone, knew he was going to have to uh, bulk up to prove himself, I think, to everyone that, you know, he's going to be durable in the NFL. There's just – we haven't seen a player of that size be that small too. Like it's just, you know, size isn't a huge issue. Um, there has been some guys overcome it. Um, I would say Kyler Murray is kind of our closest comp size-wise to him. And we've seen Kyler Murray being – he's been getting hurt these last couple of years. And he's only been in the NFL since 2019. So – you know, we kind of need to see if he's going to be able to hold up because I'm telling you, it's a lot different when you're getting hit in college than when you're getting hit by NFL players. When everyone's an NFL player and you're a small statured quarterback, it's going to be an issue. And I think a lot of quarter or a lot of teams this weekend are going to mark him off if he does not meet the right size. Now, he has said he's not going to actually go through any of the drills at the combine which I kind of saw coming, to be honest. I don't think that he wants to show any. I think the only thing he's going to show is the interviews and he's going to go through the uh, the weighing process, like, you know, measurements and stuff. Now, if he opts out of that, which I don't even know if you can opt out of that. I've never seen somebody opt out of that. 
because like Kenny Pickett would have opted out of the hand sizing thing if he could have last season, but he didn't. So that's going to be one of the major things. And that's one of like the first things that happens on one of the first couple of days. Now he said he is going to um, throw at his pro day. I think pro days are kind of a joke. I don't really take, I take anything that happens at a pro day with a grain of salt to be completely honest with you, because it's built the entire, the school has built your perfect situation um, for you to succeed. Like that, there's no reason you should fail at your own pro day. So him throwing at the Alabama pro day, whatever, like, okay, cool. That, that I don't really think matters. I think what his tape is and how, what his size is, that is going to be what sets him potentially apart from the competition, Bryce Young. So, I can't wait to see. That's going to be one something I'm I'm looking for pretty majorly this weekend and this week, just because we're gonna. I I, I guarantee you, if he's going to go quarterback number one, it's going to be based off of a weight that happens this weekend. Like that literally is what we're talking about here. I cannot believe that. Like when I first got into like why, like paying attention to the draft, like I always loved the draft as a kid. I watched it every year but I never really knew like the mechanisms that went into it and kind of like all of the different things that goes into it, the relationships that are had. Like I just never really like understood all of that. And so now like these years later when I've actually like started to pay attention um, and started gambling on it, <laughs> um, I've just began to see how silly some of this stuff is. I mean, we have wide receivers every year. They run fast and they go higher in the draft because they can run fast. And it doesn't always work out. John Ross, when he broke the record that one year, um, ended up going in the top 10 of the NFL draft. John Ross was not worth a top 10 draft pick. But, you know, here we are. Henry Ruggs, it happened to the same way a couple years ago. He ended up going because he ran really fast and really quickly. He ended up being the first receiver taken over CD Lamb and Justin Jefferson. Now, what happened with rugs, obviously that kind of stunted any ability to compare where their careers are at the same time. But at the same time, we can admit Justin Jefferson's probably an all-time wide receiver and CeeDee Lamb is going to be an all-pro wide receiver years to come here. And I don't think that was the trajectory that Henry Ruggs was headed down. So, you know, the speed of these things, like it's just how silly – some of these metrics can be for, and I think we're getting better, but at the same time with quarterbacks, it, we have not seen somebody like Bryce Young. So for it to, you know, for us to see how that's going to matter is going to be um, shown this weekend and then in the draft in April. All right. Question number two is, will Bijan Robinson walk on water? Um, jokes aside, we actually have Bijan Robinson competing at the combine. How high is this going to raise his draft stock? Like, seriously, like, I don't even know if I expected this to happen. I did not expect for Bijan Robinson to go through every drill at the combine. I kind of thought he knows that he is the number one running back. He knows that he's going to potential, you know, he's going to be the first running back drafted. He's going to go in the first round of the NFL draft. So what's there left to prove? And if you read the quotes from Bijan Robinson, he just wants to go out there and show exactly what you need to see. I honestly think this could boost him potentially. Depends on how well he does, obviously. But this could potentially move him from a pick in the 20s to a pick in the teens, potentially a pick in the 
top 10. I don't know. I, I just, you know, the Eagles have been linked to him and they have pick number 10. So it's like, you know, if you go onto DraftKings betting right now, their website, um, the Eagles are the the top team to take him in the draft. And I don't know. Sure. I mean, the Cowboys are also linked to him. Um, the Bengals are suggesting that they're going to get rid of Joe Mixon. So that's a potential landing spot. Um, a lot of teams need a, a, a running back. And while I know that the usual draft conversation is running backs don't matter. And I understand that. And for fantasy football, that is the complete opposite. Running backs do matter because they're very scarce. And then when you need somebody dependable late in the year. Um, but I think there's a lot of teams right now where they're pretty good at quarterback. They're decent at wide receiver, but they're not necessarily good at the running back position because they have overpaid a running back and they need to get out from under them. And that is definitely the Cowboys. That's definitely uh, the Bengals, the exact same situation. The Giants, um, it doesn't appear that they're going to pick up Saquon Barkley's uh, fifth year or extend him in any way. I think that's a mistake personally. I think the, the Giants really need someone like him back there. But Bijan Robinson could be a good replacement for him. You're going to get him a lot cheaper as well. So it's just a lot of these teams that are built to be run first teams could use a guy like Bijan Robinson just because of what all he's able to do. Um, I know that we've kind of gone a little too far maybe with the Bijan love. I've seen a lot of people like kind of like, you know, recoiling a little bit, which I, I mean, I wouldn't do because I think he is, you know, the best guy that we've had in a long time. And he is a potential game changer. I mean, he's a game changer for any team that gets him because you're not getting a guy that you're not sure of. You're not getting a CEH at the end of the first, you know, you're not getting like Jameer Gibbs would be that guy. If, if like B. John Robinson didn't exist in this draft, Jameer Gibbs would be that guy. He would be the end of the round, uh, end of the first round. Am I going to get my value? Am I not going to get my value? I don't know. You don't have to worry about that with Robinson. So to get to see him actually show what he's capable of at the NFL draft combine this weekend is just, I mean, it's just a dream come true, especially for football fans. I'm just, I'm, I'm so happy that he opted to uh, perform because I, I think that it's only going to help him. It's going to give us a lot of good tape to look at. Like all we're working off of is, you know, him. I, I know that this is the underwear Olympics. I get it. I'm not, one of those people that puts that much stock into the combine, but it does show something. If you out there and you get to immediately see him run the drill, Jameer Gibbs run the drill, see Tajay Spears run the drill. Like you get to see these guys all perform in the same drills and you, you get to kind of see how, you know, much further along he potentially is than some of these other guys, because I think what you're going to see from him, um, is going to really shock and awe a lot of people, which it make, makes me excited, honestly. Um, all right, on to question number three. Uh, can Anthony Richardson be the quarterback one in this draft class? Now, if we had been talking about this two months ago, I think everybody would have said, you are crazy. What the fuck are you talking about? I understand. I completely understand. Um, and when we were doing this podcast at the beginning of the season and we saw started to see Anthony Richardson pop off, I myself was like, I can see how he could get there, but he is just not showing enough. Still never really showed that much during the year. I think the hate for Anthony Richardson has gone way too far. I don't think he played enough games for a lot of people to give him the respect that he deserves. And I think that's a major problem for a lot of people because I think that 
he is plenty capable. I mean, I know that the issue is for a lot of people if the, if he doesn't end up in the right spot. And I see what you're saying. I see exactly what you're saying. But you need a coach that can handle a quarterback like him. You need somebody who's going to be able to mold the clay into a QB1. And I think there's a lot of teams that are up to that challenge. And I think there's a lot of teams that are going to be interested in and a guy like Anthony Richardson, because honestly, I think you kind of know what you're getting with Will Levis. Um, I think you're limited with what you're getting from Bryce Young, even though it is flashy. And C.J. Stroud, we didn't always see exactly what we think that we're going to get at the next level. I mean, I would say in the, the biggest issue, and here's the thing that's kind of crazy, is if C.J. Stroud doesn't play against Georgia for whatever reason, if they get knocked out of um, – the playoff if they're not in it if they if the committee decides you know what your loss to Michigan was ridiculous you're not in the playoff we never see CJ Stroud against Georgia and I think that he would have been out of this question a long time ago which is just wild that's like that is the wild thing about this sport is that there's like a sliding door you know conundrum with each player and it's definitely there with CJ Stroud because had we not seen his mobility against Georgia's defense was just which was you know Georgia 2021 defense was the best defense I've ever seen play. Georgia 2022 was not that much, not, not that far behind him. They weren't the same, but they were pretty close. And to see what CJ Stroud was able to do against them in that game was a miracle. It came down to a kicker, a kicker lost in the game. And if not, we would have seen CJ Stroud in the national title and probably beat the breaks off of TCU and, it's just wild that like that's where we're at with CJ Stroud, but Richardson is a unmolded ball of clay. He's a six four, like two hundred and thirty pound ball of clay that you can make whatever you want. He's got the strongest arm in this class. I don't think anybody. I, I cannot believe we're still debating that. Honestly, I think there's a lot of people that have the misconception that he doesn't like he doesn't have it. Like he, he you know. The problem I think people have with Anthony Richardson is his box scores are a joke. <laughs> you go and look at each one of his box scores and you're not going to be impressed. There's going to be a couple that you're like, oh, that was a good game. And then there's a couple that you're going to be, I don't know if I believe. Okay, like I don't really get it. And I understand that completely, but I'm telling you, especially as the year went on, especially at the end of the season, Anthony Richardson was a phenomenal quarterback. He was let down by bad play around him. Florida Gators were not a good football team this year, especially on offense. And I would not say I, – I think it's more going to be that Gator fans are going to look back in like five to ten years, and they're going to be like, we had Anthony Richardson and our team was this bad. Like, how the f- did we do that? Like, I don't even get it. And I think that that's closer to what's going to be – what's going to happen rather than, you know – then be like, oh, well, there's Anthony Richardson. That's the guy that we all knew. I, I, You know, he'll probably have a couple of boneheaded plays, but not nothing that can't be fixed. Um, and I think a team like Indianapolis with Shane Steichen there, I think that is a perfect, like, place for him to land. Like, I, I don't – and if Indy moves up, I just cannot see Indy taking Bryce Young. I cannot see them taking C.J. Stroud. And you can sort of talk me into them taking Will Levis, which is why, like, I think if you're a gambling person, you need to start thinking about Will Levis at number one because if it's Indy that moves up, I think it's between Richardson and Levis. 
weirdly enough. I don't think Stroud or Young are going to be in the conversation for that spot. Um, and I just think if we see him ball out this weekend, because, look, he is going to look amazing at these practices uh, for the combine. He is going to look incredible. I can promise you that. He has got, you know, he moves his hips correctly. Like everything that he does technically is way better. Like this is going to sound crazy. I'm sure to people, but it's, I promise you it's not. He is a better prospect right now than Josh Allen was coming out of the same time from Wyoming. Like the amount of molded clay that Josh Allen, what has become because of what uh, Dayball did for him and what that, team in Buffalo has done for him like night and day guys you're not even going to have to do that much that you had to do for Josh Allen for Anthony Richardson and I think we need to as a a fantasy community especially if you're in dynasty is accept the fact that like he is on the cusp he is completely there to potentially being a great quarterback and I think that it's going to come a lot sooner than later I think the first year is going to be rough I think we're going to see a lot of interceptions while he's working things out. But I promise you, if he ends up with a quarterback coach that actually wants to mold the clay, I'm not talking about like what happened to Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. That team was a joke from the beginning, and they weren't ever going to seriously fix or help Baker Mayfield. They had to have known that immediately. And immediately when uh, Cleveland got Stefanski there, an adult that was an offensive coordinator – not calling plays off of a Denny's menu. Um, I I think that that was if he if he had had him from the beginning, we would have a completely different Baker Mayfield story. But unfortunately, we don't. I think Anthony Richardson can be the quarterback one in this class, and I think that that campaign starts this weekend. If you're a gambler, if you want the long shots bets, I'm not really sure what it's at right now. I'm sure it's like at least ten to one. I would start putting a little money down because I think if if Things go the way that they could, especially you don't have Bryce Young competing this weekend, and I think he's going to look better than Levis and he's going to look better than Stroud. You can have a lot of chatter by the end of this. Is Anthony Richardson the quarterback one? I don't think it's as crazy as you might think. I really don't. All right, on to number four. This one's a little more lighthearted. Will Devin Chain break the combine record for speed? Now, he is a speed demon. I'm telling you that there is a very good chance that he breaks the speed, the record um, for the fastest 40 time. That is completely on the table. I definitely could see it happening. You usually don't see it in running backs. It's usually in wide receivers. But the thing is, what does this do for Devin Chain if he does it? If he does it, what does that do for him? Because I think right now we could conservatively say he's a fourth or fifth round back going into the combine. If he's able to break the record or at least get close, if he's like within like 0.1 blank of of it, like or like 0.01 of it, like what does that do for him? That's what I'm interested in. Because if that pushes him up into the third round, that's not anything I expected from that. And while I like Devin Chain's game, um, he definitely big dogged Isaiah Spiller. I think we can all agree there. Even though we're, I don't, I'm still not. Don't sell your stock in Isaiah Spiller. I know that that didn't go in our our favor last year because we had him at RB two for most of the, of the uh, pre draft. I still don't think the story's not. I, I still don't think that story needs to be written. That's all I'm saying. I think it still needs to go. 
and we will see. But if this, if Devin a chain breaks this record or even gets close, I, I mean, that has to make him in like the top six RBs, right? I mean, I guess you could make the argument, is he a punt returner, kick returner, which does kind of limit the value because that means he probably won't get on the field to actually, you know, play. But what if a team doesn't want to use him like that? What if a team does want to see what he would be in the backfield, you know, as like a Tony Pollard-esque role? Like, you know, you have your big bruising back like in Zeke, and then you have a Tony Pollard back there. What if that isn't a chain? It's interesting. Um, I still think in Dynasty, you'd still be hard-pressed to take him above, like, the fourth round in the draft. Um, I Wait, I, I can actually show you this because we did a – on the Offensive Points podcast, we did a uh, a draft, and he went 25th overall, which is first pick in the third round, um, which there was no defense in that. So if you play IDP, obviously it would, be, would have been further down than that, probably in the fourth round probably late fourth round to be honest um but that's interesting i think you could probably bump him up and actually be in the third even in an idp draft if he goes within the top six running backs and i think that's completely within the realm of possibility i don't see why if he runs that speed some team's going to take him pretty high and i think they're going to plan to get him on the field and use that kind of playmaker on their team right away so i would be interested in that i definitely think you should be too all right Last question on my board, number five, how healthy is Jackson Smith and Jigba? Okay, so if you've been in, in this podcast a long time, if you've listened to my ramblings since the beginning of the season or even last summer, JSN was our wide receiver one going into whole, this whole year. What he did in 2021 was amazing. It was mind-boggling what he was able to do with Garrett Wilson there with Chris Olave there he was the big dog wide receiver so fast forward to when this 2022 season starts uh he gets hurt in the first game against Oregon and we don't really know what kind of shape he was in for the rest of the season he did not he never played a full game for the rest of the season um he did have a couple of games where he was out there, caught a couple passes, but not, never finished a game. Um, and he was available for the college football playoff game, but he didn't play. He opted out because he wanted to focus on the draft. He says he wasn't healthy. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. So this will really be our best chance to see him at 100% since last year in 2020. That like I guess, the, yeah, the 2021 play or not playoff games they weren't in one but their bowl game that he had that like 300 yard game that's the last time we saw jackson smith and jigba at 100 percent. what are we going to get at this combine i don't like he has not officially announced whether he is going to perform in the drills as of tuesday at 2 p.m central time he has not said whether he's going to uh do the drills or show any of the of the thing but if he does has he looked we haven't seen him in a while. Is it? Is he even going to do it? Like, on one hand, you could say, yeah, he should probably do it because we don't know exactly how healthy he is. This would be the best spot on the biggest stage showing the most teams what he's capable of. I'm going to go ahead and bet if he opts out of the workouts, there's going to be a couple of teams that mark him off immediately. I mean, there's some that are probably sure they're not going to get him, but there's a couple more teams that could get him that are probably like, well, 
I am not taking this kind of risk because if he if his only opportunity to show himself now I'm saying all this knowing darn well Drake London pretty much did the same thing he opted out of the combine and then did only perform at the USC Pro Day. I still think that JSN is in a different situation because we didn't you know Drake London had half of a year to show himself before he got hurt in that Notre Dame game. We're not going to have the same thing with Jackson Smith and Jigba. We really aren't. We're go- we're really just going to be basing this off of what happened in 2021, which was incredible. I don't want to minimize that. And then what happens at the combine? Like that's literally it. We don't have anything to fully judge him on because I'm not counting any of those games that he played hurt because a, he didn't finish the game because of injury and B he clearly was like not a hundred percent. So how could you even get an accurate, you know, assessment of what he was? So if he does perform at the combine and does well, does this make him wide receiver one? I think it's up for grabs right now. I would say Quentin Johnston um, is probably the wide receiver one in the draft currently. Um, I think based on what JSN was last year, he probably should still have a claim to that crown. And I think Jordan Addison still should have a claim to that crown, even though he's been injured. He will be another one I'd be interested to see if he's going to perform at the combine, which would, you know, obviously help these guys out a lot. This wide receiver class is one of the weirdest classes I've ever seen um, coming into this because there, a, there's no sure things and B every prospect for the first eight all have a red flag next to them. Like, there's a red, there's something about each one of them that you're just like, eh, I'm not sure what happened there. Like JSN out for the whole season, didn't really get to see him play. Kayshawn Booty for LSU. Why wasn't he very good this year? Other wide receivers like Malik Neighbors on LSU were fine. Why wasn't Kayshawn Booty, who was supposed to be one of the best wide receivers in the nation, gotten kicked down to the second round in a lot of people's mock drafts, which is just would have been bonkers to me last season because I was like, he he's going back to school. That's weird. He tried to go back to school this year. Don't know what happened there. Would love to find out what the reasoning is that Kayshawn Booty was unable to. I don't think we're going to get the true story of that for a long, long time. Um, Jordan Addison gets hurt in the middle of the season. Wasn't quite near, wasn't near as good as he was in 2021. Um, and he played with a Heisman Trophy winner this year. Didn't see exactly what, um, you know, the value there. But as you go, just go down the list, there's plenty of names here that you're just like, what is the, what's the catch? Like, I, I think that's very strange. And I think the combine would be a great place for some of these question marks to relieve themselves. If we see JSN go out there, run a decent 440 time, do a decent uh, spot in each one of the drills, I think he could easily have a claim to the crown. Why not? I don't have any problem with that. I I love JSN. I only moved him down behind Jordan Addison and Quentin Johnston because he didn't play for an entire season. How in the world can I accurately judge and tell you people out there that are going to be drafting him that you need to take him if I haven't myself seen him play since January of 2022, basically not since 2021. It's it's a tough situation for me to tell you that. It's tough for me to rank him that way. but this is a good weekend for him to completely silence the critics, silence dumb blowhards like me. This would be a great weekend for him to show that off. All right. I 
appreciate each and every one of you out there for listening to the Dynasty Tailgate podcast today. Please rate and review this episode. I would love to see any questions. Um, please, on Twitter, I'm at Ombre Vendor. If you have any draft questions, if you have any draft comments, if you just want to leave like a, hey, you're completely missing this wide open story, please go ahead. I, I would love to hear from you. It would be very good for me to fix some of the issues in my game. I'm always trying to improve. I want to continue to relay that this podcast is like pretty much an open notebook. I'm taking notes. I'm just feeding them out to everybody so that we can ponder them together as a, as a group, because I think that these, it's these small little notes here and there that are going to mean a lot of things going into the draft. And then when you see these names popping up on the screen, I just want you to know there's more behind, like what the story was that we got to that reasoning. Because I think there's a lot of times that I've seen, in especially these draft shows, where they'll have a draft show, but they won't really tell you the story behind why that's fantasy relevant. And then you have a fantasy show that shows you why they're fantasy relevant, but they won't really show why that prospect got drafted, where they did, how they did. Like, I just want to combine the two. And I think this podcast, we can do that together. I'm going to be getting these out more frequently. I apologize that it's been a couple weeks off. Um, I promise Leading up to the draft, we will be getting a lot more hot and heavy with how these are coming out. But I appreciate each one of you for being here today. Have a great rest of your day, night, or morning. I'm out.